0: Hi, LaJuan, and welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. I'm so happy to have the opportunity to chat with you today.
1: Hi, Kelly. How are you? I'm so glad that I could
0: be here today. I'm doing good. So, can you start by telling us about yourself, your family, and your business?
1: Hi, everyone. So, my name is Lawan Moses, and I am a working mom as well as an entrepreneur. So for my full-time job, I work in a police department in domestic, and I work with domestic violence victims. So I assist victims of crime with with receiving services. And then for my business, I am a personal success strategist for working moms, and I'm helping working moms to set boundaries and establish priorities so they can reclaim their power and unleash their full potential in life. I am also the mom of three kids. My oldest will be 20 this year. I have one that just turned 13, and then my youngest will be 11
0: in a few weeks. Awesome. So it sounds like you have a lot on your plate.
1: Yes, always.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Sounds very familiar. So what made you decide to pursue the side projects and the career online? So, you know, getting started in your other career, did you notice something that was missing? And then did that spark you to start? Your business online. So tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yes. So I have been in my current position for almost 11 years now. And before that, I was doing a similar job. So I've been in this field for about 15 years altogether. And I have found that I've reached a certain level of success in my career but then I just got to the point, this started about seven years ago, where I realized that, okay, there has to be more to life than this. I mean, I was happy with my career, family, all those things that you work to achieve. But then you suddenly start to think, as I know I did, that there has to be more to life than this. Like, there's so many more skills, talents, things that I can be doing. And although I don't want to walk away from my full-time job as of yet, there I want to still be able to fulfill this other side of me that I kind of let go once I became a mother. Mm-hmm. So that's how I really started into the online business, just really looking at the skills and assets that I had and the different things that I wanted to work on and do outside of my full time job, which led me first on the path to being like a virtual assistant using those type of skills. And then over the years, I like wrote a book and things just started kind of transforming and advancing to bring me to the point where I am today to where I'm doing online coaching and courses and things of that nature. And it's just a way for me to kind of fulfill that other part of me that those skills, talents, and things that I have. And it's also great to bring in some additional income as well. But at the same time, I'm still able to work in my career and have that check that I know is going to come every day or every week and it's going to take care of my family and tuition and things of that nature. But I just found a way to kind of merge the two together because i Really felt something was missing. And this is how I was able to put it all together.
0: That's awesome. And yes, I can totally relate to that. Our stories are very similar. So I also still work a full-time job And then started blogging about two and a half years ago. And then it kind of just took off from there. So yeah, I totally get that wanting to do something more. And I think that's great. I think that's awesome that you can pursue that and be able to do that now with all of the opportunities that are online.
1: Yes. And it's definitely a lot of opportunity with things being online. I did blogging also a few years ago, so that went really well. And it's just kind of, just like I said, advanced, but definitely with everything being online, Google, the internet, YouTube, you can really teach yourself how to take skills that you have and build your own business, whether you want to do it full-time or do it as a side business. We're really in a land of opportunity because we have the internet things at our fingertips.
0: Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that. Yep. So what would you say is your favorite part of working online?
1: I would say my favorite part of working online is being able to do it from anywhere. So my family took an impromptu vacation this week, but I had things already on my calendar. So I mean, the good part about being online is that as long as you have your computer and you have internet or you have a phone with data, then you can just connect anywhere and do the things that you're still supposed to do. So I really like that freedom and flexibility to where I can go on vacation and take time off. But if there are things that I have scheduled or things that I may need to still get done, I can still keep them on my schedule and get those done while at the same time enjoying my family time. So I think that would be, to me, the favorite part is having that freedom and flexibility to just go when we want to.
0: Yes, for sure. I agree with that. I think that's a great bonus to working online. So thank you for that. So yeah, we wanted to dive today into a topic that is front and center right now in this country. And we wanted to talk to you about how we, as working moms with white privilege, can become allies and become important allies for women of color and people of color and people like you that are working online. So how can we support you and your business? So I really want to dive into that topic and ask you a few questions about that. Okay. So do you feel that white privilege Is something that you know us working white working moms can unite together and educating ourselves and doing the work? Is it something you feel that we can kind of come together united? Because a lot of people feel like, Oh, like I'm just a single person, what can I do, or how can I help? Or I feel so overwhelmed, I don't even know where to start. Um, so what would you suggest? Where could we start at? Okay, so I definitely
1: think that it's something that white working women can come together and unite. And use their privilege to the advantage to help uh, Black women and women of color to really start to advance these initiatives. And I mean, I think when people think about white privilege and everything that's just happened over the past few weeks, we start to think like big outside the box. I have to do something dramatic to make a difference. But I think what you mentioned just now, like the important part is first starting with that education. And an important step is even recognizing the fact that you do have white privilege. Because, I mean, a lot of for the longest time, we didn't want to talk about that. Right. And I feel that with the recent incidents that have happened in the nation, in the country, that it's opened the door to where we can have these conversations, to where we are comfortable to sit down and uh, have that conversation and just kind of say, this is what's going on. We have a problem with race relations, with racial injustice, all of that. And we can have this conversation on white privilege and what that means and racial injustice and oppression, things like that. So, I mean, an important first step, one, is to just acknowledge that that privilege does exist. And in acknowledging that that privilege does exist, then you can take a step to Mm -hmm. really make a difference and educate. And the way I like to compare it is we're in this current pandemic with COVID-19 to where we know that we have to wear a mask, we have to social distance. If we don't, then it can spread to so many people. Mm -hmm. So when you're asking the question and where people are feeling that they're just this one person and what can they really do, I've been comparing it to the COVID-19 pandemic, except putting the positive spin on it. If you, that one person, take the step to perhaps read a book, educate yourself, understand Mm -hmm. what white privilege is, and then you go out and have a conversation with another white working mom or someone in your family, and then they go out and have a conversation with someone else, then you kind of start to see this trickle-down effect to where people are starting to be educated on everything that's happened. So the same way a pandemic can spread, this kind of positive knowledge and things that we learn and really advancing everything can really have that same effect and bounce off because it's one person educating another, and it's just kind of spreading around to really start that kind of movement.
0: Definitely. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think a big part of it is what I've noticed is be comfortable with getting uncomfortable. Yes. So definitely even like conversations have come up through my workplace and I never expected my management to even touch on these subjects so I'm really surprised that they are I'm happy that they are I think it's a little bit too late personally but <laughs> but at the same time I have right. to be receptive to it because they are stepping up now so I mean they are trying to do something and having the conversations now right and I think that a lot of that has
1: to do with the fact that for so long it's been a taboo subject to talk about like everyone knows you don't talk about race religion and politics like that's one thing that we've all been taught in public spaces those are like the taboo subjects that we don't talk about Mm -hmm. but now with everything that's happened that door has opened and people now feel comfortable so it's like yes this stuff should have been done A long time ago, but everyone was so uncomfortable to even say, acknowledge white person and black person, like to say that in a public space made Mm -hmm. people uncomfortable. So imagine trying to have a conversation around race before this all happened. No one would feel comfortable doing it, but now this is kind of Yes, it should have happened, but now it's open and people are having these conversations more and more, which I think is great at this time that it's now given us the opportunity to have these conversations and start to kind of see things through each other's lenses.
0: Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. I think it's a positive thing for sure. So we kind of went over already, you know, where can we start? Even if we are only one person, it, it is a trickle down effect. Like we personally, I've been checking out different books from the library, reading them to my daughter every week, reading books myself to educate myself, you know, it can just start and then talking to people that I know about issues. So what would you say, like someone who's actively trying to become an ally to people of color to women of color, what would be your three, like your three best tips to them?
1: Well, I think the first one, as I touched on a little bit briefly, is one acknowledging that that white privilege does exist Mm -hmm. and recognizing that because of the color of my skin, because of who I was born to be, that I do have a certain advantage. So once you're recognizing and acknowledging that that white privilege exists and then also separating it from the fact that having white privilege is not necessarily a bad thing, it's all about how you use it. And I think when it first started talking about this, when people heard white privilege, it was kind of those who never heard it before kind of were like, "Okay, is this a bad thing? Yeah. Am I supposed to feel bad? I mean, I don't want to say that I have privilege, but it's really seeing that having white privilege is not a bad thing. Unless you use it in a bad way, then it could turn to like white supremacy. But just saying that, okay, I was born white and I have a certain privilege, that's acknowledging the fact of you know that you have a certain advantage because of the color of your skin. That doesn't make it a bad thing. Once you kind of acknowledge that you have that privilege, then it's all about what you do with that privilege. Mm -hmm. So the first step is one, acknowledging that you have it. And then two would be using your voice or using whatever platform you have, like this podcast, to kind of have these conversations where you have two different points of view and hearing from a Black woman and speaking to your audience and to you, having these conversations, opening this door so that we -hmm. can start to kind of retrain the brain and start to put different messages in because it's often we don't think about things that don't necessarily impact us directly. So right. I've talked to a lot of like white allies, a lot of white friends, moms that are like, I feel so bad because I feel like I should have known all this. But really, when you think about it, any type of person that we are, no matter what the issue is, if something doesn't impact us directly, we don't tend to have that open mind, that lens to where we can see everything. Right. So now this has brought a time where it's like, okay, it's opened up eyes and people are seeing stuff. Okay. So now that you know, you have white privilege, now your eyes have been opened. So now use your voice, use your privilege to kind of make that difference. So check in, have conversations with Black people, mm-hmm. bring them on your platforms, educate yourself on the issues that impact Black people. It's not, not even just like the presidential election. These are even local elections. Mm-hmm. Look at the people that we're putting into positions that really impact our communities and make the decisions for our communities, because those have a bigger impact than the presidential election has. So really look at those candidates. Because I know a lot of people always, when they hear vote, they think presidential. No, it's so much more that there are so many little offices in so many different states that really make key decisions. So that's really a place to really focus your energy. And then once you have that kind of just like stand up, because as you said, it is uncomfortable and recognizing that, okay, this is going to make me different and I may stand apart I may get into arguments with family but Mm -hmm. it is it's taking that stand and saying okay I know this is wrong and we're all taught early right from wrong and when you know something's wrong it's really up to you to take that stand and say I know this is wrong and then educate those around you and yes it's uncomfortable but being a black person in America is always uncomfortable so I just challenge people when you're thinking about that discomfort Think about it that you have a choice whether you want to be uncomfortable or not. Unfortunately, we don't have that choice. So as an ally, it will really help us for you to stand in that discomfort and use that power because your voice will be heard before ours. Like me and you could both say the same thing. And depending on the circumstances, they're going to listen to you before they listen to me. But we both just said the same thing.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love everything you just said there. And, you know, it even makes me realize that, Having that white privilege, like I have a privilege to be comfortable. So (laughs) saying that I'm uncomfortable, it's like, well, that's really a privilege though. It's something that I didn't have to deal with really growing up. So yeah, it definitely puts a lot of things in perspective. And I also love how you touched on local elections because I know like you were saying a lot of people really ignore those and just vote in the presidential election. But yeah, I think that's so important too and I actually became a part of something called Mom Congress. I don't know if you've okay. ever heard of that. i never but heard of that. Yeah, I signed up for this. It's an organization. They were going to have a big conference this year in May, but obviously it got canceled due to the coronavirus. But they actually get you in touch with your local representatives. You can actually be a part of the conversation and in influencing local representatives for different issues for maternal health and different parenting issues and different legislations like that. So I think that would be like another really great platform to talk about these types of issues as well.
1: Oh, yes. That sounds like a great platform. I'll have to look into that. I've never heard of that, but I will be looking into that.
0: Yeah, I would definitely highly recommend it. I know they were looking to reschedule the conference, but obviously we're still in the pandemic. So they're kind of looking at all their options, maybe moving it to next year is what they're doing. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Great conversation. So the next thing I wanted to go into... What are some of the positive things that you've seen come out of starting this conversation about white privilege and about becoming allies to people of color and women of color? What are some of a few of the positive outcomes that you've seen so far?
1: Well, I would say one of them is the most obvious is like having podcast interviews and these type of conversations and everyone feeling comfortable to have the conversation. I mean, that's a positive outcome in itself, because in the past, before this happened, is this a conversation we would have been having? Most likely not. So I mean, one is the actual conversation starting to happen. And I would say another positive that I'm seeing is that there are more and more white mothers, white women, white people that are standing up and saying, okay, yes, I have this privilege. Now, what can I do about it? I mean, if we look at the protests that were happening, it wasn't just Black people that were out there. There were so many allies that were on the front lines that Mm -hmm. felt comfortable being out there protesting. I mean, in the past, when it Issues like this have happened over the past years, 20 or so years, you've seen predominantly Black people that are out there protesting and all of that. But when we Mm -hmm. look at the makeup of these past protests, there were really mixed races there. So that Mm -hmm. in itself is encouraging to see people actually stand up and not only say that I'm an ally and that things need to change, but also I'm going to walk with you and march with you. And even those that don't feel comfortable and are not the protesting type are making donations to causes, reading more books to educate themselves, having uncomfortable conversations with family members, and really educating those around us. I mean, I think there's a lot of positive that in the midst of the negative that's still going on, there's a lot of positive that's happening as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think part of that is every little bit helps. So even if you know, you have small kids, and you can't go out there and protest and things like that, but you can do other things that matter. Yes. So we kind of went into this already and we talked about this a lot with having the opportunity. We really have the opportunity here to become allies online, you know, in the online space and within our niches and our circles, like for us, it's working moms. Right. So, you know, I feel like there's a great opportunity there. And if I could just help push the cause that way, I think that would be something that is very positive. So how do you feel? I mean, I know we talked about this already, but. What's one thing listeners can either take action on or someone in the online space can take action on to become a better ally and to provide that kind of support? So for someone
1: in the online space, I'm thinking, just as we're sitting here talking and we've had a lot of conversation about it, but if we're looking at the different niches that exist, the different circles, I mean, having some type of summit online or virtual conference or something like that, where you're talking about diversity, talking about equity, racial injustice, kind of bringing those different opinions together, white privilege, all of that. I mean, it's really an opportunity because we're online and because we can connect with each other, people can connect on zoom or whatever platform it is and really have a conversation say if it is working moms we can have a conversation around what it means to be a working mom and have white privilege what it means to be Mm -hmm. a working mom of color and just have that diversity kind of conversation so i mean in the online space you can really connect with anyone all over the world so a summit or something like that just to bring those different minds to the table and really draw in your audience, then you're reaching more people because each person is going to bring their followers and those who listen to them along with them. And we're really reaching a mass amount of people by putting together, whether it's an interview or summit or something like that. And in terms of listeners being able to do something, I mean, the first step would be if you're like really like a new beginner, I would say go pick up a book. I mean, that's really to me the best way, whether it's an audio book or go to Google, go to youth I mean, there are so many resources, but books are great. I mean, I know a lot of white people that have read White Fragility, and mm-hmm. I've heard that that's a great book. I've never read it myself, but even in my full-time job, I do work with social justice. So I know a lot of the white allies that are on that committee with me have talked about how great that book is in helping them. And I know there was some discussion I had with someone else about people saying, don't read that book because it was written by a white woman. But mm-hmm. I feel personally that I can't really teach you how to be an ally. I can give you tips and tools, but because I'm a black woman, I don't walk through that lens. Yeah. So I think what better way, as they say, you can't teach a boy, like moms can't teach a boy how to be a man. We can give them everything we have. So to me, that's the same way. I can't teach a white woman how to properly be an ally, but I can give you the resources. So to me, there's no better thing to do than to read a book that's written by a white woman who can actually say, this is what I did. This is the experiences and this is what you can do. So that would be my top tip an action step.
0: Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with that. I will include, I'm going to definitely include resources in the show notes of this podcast because I have compiled a ton of resources that I posted on my blog. So definitely going to be sharing that with all the listeners too. That's great. So thank you so much for that conversation. I think that was very enlightening. I think a lot of people will get a ton of great insights out of that. And I thank you for just coming on this podcast and having that conversation with me.
1: And I thank you for being open to having the conversation because I mean, even with everything that's happened, there are a lot of people that still don't want to have the conversation. So the fact that you open up your platform to your audience to have the conversation is great in itself.
0: Thank you. Yes. So I wanted to go through just a few more like a lightning round with you and just learn a little bit more about you and your business and kind of what you're working on. Okay. So tell me, I noticed on your website, you're releasing a new course. Called From Overwhelmed to Organized. So yeah. tell me a little bit about that course and what the premise behind it is. And it sounds like it would be amazing for working moms.
1: Yes, it's definitely amazing for working moms. And I only say that because I'm a working mom and these are all things that I have done myself that are packaged into this course. So the course is called From Overwhelmed to Organized Managing Family, Business, and All Things in Between. So it's really just kind of a deep dive to all the things that moms kind of struggle with. Because as you know, like I have a podcast, More Than a Mother, where we believe in pursuing your dreams and being a great mom at the same time. And so this kind of evolved over the years to where I was in that stuck place and then I got to the point where there has to be more to life. So this is really for those moms that are like, okay, I have so much on my plate. I am overwhelmed, but I feel like there has to be more to my life. Like there's so much more that I want to be doing or I'm doing a whole lot of things that I don't feel like I'm doing it effectively. So what I've done is put together just different things that I have done. So we're looking at like your lifestyle inventory and I do an exercise with a plate in the course to where you actually write out on what's on your plate. So you get a physical plate and kind of write down all the things that you have going on and that becomes like the basis and the working guide throughout the whole course to where we kind of look at, okay, these are all the things I have on my plate. Okay, what things do I have to get done? What do I not really like to do but I'm doing? And just kind of work through it that way so that we can really by the end go from having that messy overwhelmed plate to kind of a more organized plate to where we may not have cut many things off of our plate but we're changing the way we look at them by learning to say no by setting boundaries by establishing priorities and most of all dealing with that mom guilt that always bothers us so that's all kind of packaged into this course and I tell people it's things that I use and I still use today So it's not anything that I just threw together. It was like, here, everyone try this. These are tried and true things that even when I was putting the course together and I was feeling overwhelmed and I'm talking to one of my friends and she's like, it sounds like you need to take your own course. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And it was the funniest thing because I'm like, here I am putting this course together. She's like, it sounds like you need to go do one of the exercises that you're giving to everybody else. I'm like, yeah, you're right. And I went into the course and actually pulled out one of my exercises about the priorities And that really helped me to refocus on everything I was doing. So as I tell people, it's really rinse and repeat and you can use it over and over again. And it's really just to kind of help with that crazy mom life that we have going on, kind of just help us view the way that we see things a little differently so we don't have that overwhelmed, burst out feeling.
0: That sounds awesome. Definitely sounds like something I need as well. <laughs> yes, <definitely. laughs> Even with pursuing the side business and I love doing it, but it is still overwhelming. <laughs> yes. And that's one thing like
1: the overwhelm, the mom guilt, all of that is probably will never leave us, but it's about learning those tips, tools, and strategies to help us not get stuck in it and learn how to work through it. And that's really what the foundation of the course is.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I love that so much. We'll definitely include all the links to that in the show notes, So all the listeners can get all the info on that. So what's something that you consider to be your non-negotiable practice? So something that you have to do daily so that you can start or end your day on a positive note?
1: Yeah, so... There are a couple things. So the one thing I would say is prayer and meditation. I mean, I'm big on prayer. So I have to start and end my day with prayer just to kind of set the tone for my day and get my mind right. So that is a non-negotiable. And then my other one is self-care. So I am big on self-care because there was a time where everyone and everything came before me and I wasn't wasn't even on my to-do list and I became burnt out. And being in that place of burnout, I never want to go there again. So even if it's just A few minutes of quiet time or Mm. watching my favorite show or reading just a little bit of a book, something fun and creative to indulge in. I always find a way each day to do something for myself because I have to fill my own tank before I can fill anyone else's. So definitely self care, whatever. That would be my tip. And that's my non negotiable. Just my self care is what matters to me.
0: Love that. Yeah. Yeah. I talk a lot about that on my blog, just finding, even if it's just five minutes a day. Like it makes such a world of a difference.
1: It does. It really does.
0: Mm -hmm. What is your favorite working mom hack to get you through your most hectic and difficult days?
1: My favorite hack is on your hectic and difficult days. If you can't do it, then don't do it. So I think we put a lot of pressure. (laughs) Yeah, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to get so much done. So, I mean, we know that we have to work. As a working mom, we have to work. But I mean, they have invented this thing also called paid time off. So that's something else you can look into. But, you know, say if we're doing working mom or building a business and everything else, if there is something you're having the most difficult day, just do the things that you have to do. So you may have to go to work, but you don't necessarily have to work on your business or have to cook dinner. You may have to just buy fast food that night. So when you're feeling those difficult days, Those things that you don't necessarily have to do and you feel that you can't do them, don't do them. Take that pressure off yourself and realize that it's okay if I don't cook a great meal tonight. It's okay if I don't work on my business. It's okay if I don't do all these extra things. I was able to do the bare minimum and I'm going to rest and then rejuvenate. And hopefully tomorrow I'll wake up and feel better and can get everything done. So if you can't do it, don't do it.
0: Love that so much. Yeah, definitely great advice.
1: We put so much it took me a while to learn it, but yeah, we do, yeah, <laughs> it took me a while to learn that, but yes, that definitely yeah. saved me on many days now,
0: yeah, so who are would you consider to be your favorite podcasters, bloggers, an author, somebody that really influenced you in your life? who would that be? I would say that my favorite
1: podcaster business person I'll go with my niche is Dana Malstaff, a boss mom, okay and Really just seeing how she has grown everything over the years has really just helped me to see, like, I've followed her from the very beginning and to see how she started out and has now grown her community to over 50,000 and Mm -hmm. she's doing so many things to empower women. I mean, she's really one of my favorite people. And I mean, outside of that, I have so many podcasts and things that I listen to that it's kind of hard to pinpoint a favorite. But if it was one person that I would say kind of helped me formulate my ideas and see that, okay, I can be this mom and more, it would be her.
0: Awesome. Yeah. She was actually one of the first podcasts I listened to as well. Yes, me Mm -hmm. too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. But, and you just recently interviewed her too, didn't you? Yes,
1: I did. I interviewed her. Yes, her episode just released not too long ago. So that was great to do that interview. And I remember when I talked to her, she's like, people are always like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm interviewing Dana. And I'm like, yeah, I had that same thought. <laughs> but she's <laughs> so down to earth and she's so relatable. And it really was a great interview. And I was glad to have the opportunity to have her on my show.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I had the chance to listen to it this past week. And it, yeah, it was. Amazing. Yeah. I really really enjoyed that episode. Thank you. So, we talked about your program that you're releasing. What else are you excited for that you're working on right now? So, anything else within your business that you're really excited for?
1: I am excited because I, if people don't know, I'm also an author. So, I released a book a few years ago called Rising Above Statistics How to Overcome Success and Achieve. How to overcome obstacles and achieve success against all odds. So, I think I am going to start working on a book that I had actually written before that book that I released and kind of edit that and put that book all together and finally get that out because I am a writer, I am an author at heart. Like, that's always been my passion and it's taken me on so many different paths. I'm really going to focus on like my writing. I've got this course out, which was like a huge load off my plate. So, between My book that I'm going to write and release and then also still working on my podcast and starting up interviews for that again. Mm -hmm. Those are like my main projects that I'm excited about right now.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I would be very excited to read your books. I think that's great. So I think that ends the lightning round. So thank you so much. This was such an inspiring conversation. Um, I hope the listeners can learn a thing or two. And definitely we're going to add all of your links to your program, to your website, to all your social media, we'll add all that in the show notes so people can follow along and so they can check out your course. And sounds like it would be so helpful to many working moms. And so just get all that information out there. And you know, just because I know that so many people that. Read my blog already, feel that overwhelmed sense. Just like, how do I do all of these things? How do I squeeze it all in? So I think that's all super great. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it.
1: And thank you so much for having me. This is really great and I enjoyed myself.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening in today to Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes of this episode for all the links to what we've talked about today. Also, head on over to theworkingmomcollective.com to sign up for my free five-day challenge for creating a working mom non-negotiable routine. We've all been there, stressed out, burnt out, and overwhelmed as working moms handling all of the things. My free challenge will walk you through, step-by-step, step, my exact method for creating a working mom routine that takes you from burnout to actually waking up and feeling great about your day. And finally, please subscribe to this podcast and rate and review if you have a few minutes. Tell your working mom friends and anyone else that might be interested in this content, I'd love as many moms as possible to gain value from the podcast. If you'd like to nominate someone or yourself to be a guest, please contact me at kelly at the Collective.com. I am so happy you chose to listen in today, and I cannot wait to dive into next week's topic with you.